Here is what you missed this morning on the Catholic Morning Show. Let's go to our next guest. Uh, the new, I, I want to say new, but I mean, you've been there a little while. Uh, Oot Freedom Coordinator for Men, Ryland Jones. Hello, sir. Hi. Good to have you, man. Yeah, thank you for having me. I uh, appreciate how long you been there now? So, October just ended, so I've been there about three months, a little okay. bit over three months, I believe. Okay. And where do you come from? Give us your background a little bit. Oh, goodness. Um, so, I moved down from Anchorage, Alaska about eight months ago. Um, I grew up in Alaska since I was 11 years old. What? Wait a second. Yeah. I had no idea about that. Yeah. yeah you yeah, grew yeah. up in Alaska? I did. I was born in Kansas, so I'm familiar with the Midwest, but at 11, I moved to Anchorage. And uh, What in the world moves your family to Alaska? Dad got a good job. Really? Yeah. What industry? So he uh, worked federally with the Environmental Protection Agency. Huh. Yeah. He did the worked on the state level in Kansas for a while and got offered a federal position up in Alaska. So how long were you there in Alaska? So I left when I was 19 because, um, I guess early 20 because I joined the army. Um, so from 11 to 20, about nine years, I joined the army, uh, as an infantryman and I went down to Fort Benning for training and then Fort drum, New York to be stationed with 10th mountain division. And I was there for about three years. And then as soon as my contract was up, I got out and went straight back to Alaska. Really? Yeah. And how long were you back there for? So back in Alaska for about two and a half more years. Yeah. Um, and the big switch that brought me down here was I met my now wife, who is a Dowling Catholic alumni yeah. and was raised here in Des Moines. She was stationed up in Alaska with the army. Huh. Kind of a funny that's, turnaround. That's incredible. What What is it like living in Alaska? Paint the picture for us. Oh, goodness. Well, I lived in a nicer part than like Discovery Channel or National <laughs> Geographic would like you to assume. Yeah. Um, I grew up in Anchorage, and so it's kind of like the quote-unquote big city in Alaska. Yeah. It's much smaller than Des Moines. But... um. I think the biggest thing is winter lasts significantly longer there. They've been getting snow for a few weeks now. Really? Um, yeah. Just like forever. For Yeah. And so summertime is about like two and a half months. Spring is like a month. Fall is like a month. <laughs> and then the rest is wintertime. Really? Yeah. And it gets pretty dark. Yeah. Right? So in the wintertime, it uh, gets progressively darker, of course, until winter solstice where it's dark. In Anchorage, it's not a full 24 hours of darkness because it's pretty far south in the state. But for about half the year, yeah, it's, you go to work, it's dark, you're at work, it's light, but by the time you leave work, it's dark. It's again. dark. Yeah. My goodness. But in the summer, it's light all the time. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So it's it, like doesn't, it doesn't get, yeah, that, I don't think I could do that. It's weird. That'd be hard to do. Do you get back up there? Your parents still there? So my parents are there and my brother is there. Really? Um, yeah. The rest of my family's in Kansas or Texas. What's and, the uh, church like up in Anchorage, Alaska? So we jokingly refer to it as mission territory. Yeah. Um, the Catholic community is quite small, which it wasn't to me at first because I am a convert. Um, and this coming Easter will be two years for me. So it was my first experience really in the Catholic church. And I thought, oh, this is cool. There's so many people, you know, and yeah. like, there's so many different parishes. But coming to Des Moines and seeing the community we have here, it really opened my eyes to how few Catholics there really are in Alaska. So it's we call it mission territory. A lot of the priests, they're uh, flying around in bush planes, going out to villages to make sure they can provide the sacraments to different villages around the state. What's a and, uh, bush plane? A bush plane is a little biplane, but it's modified to be able to land on really rugged runways. Um, so they've got like these big fat tires 
And then in the wintertime, they'll replace the tires with skis. And they use it to get to villages where you can only access them by plane. There's no roads in or out. So that's how priests will get to the little community. Some of them, yeah. Really? Yeah. Does the church like own the plane? Uh, I would believe so, yeah. Do they fly it themselves? Yeah. Really? Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah, there's a few priests up there that are just flying around. Give them the sacraments. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. So uh, in ministry itself, or, or in this apostolate that is uh, Utfidim, mm-hmm. um, you, you took this job. You probably had a ton of opportunities anywhere and everywhere, especially in the Army. Um, but you decided to go here to Dowling Catholic uh, as a new male Utfidim coordinator. What made you choose it? Absolutely. Just learning to listen to God. Yeah. Because um, you, you said you're a convert. Yes. Yeah. So I'm pretty fresh to the Catholic Church in general. And um, when my wife and I moved here to get married, we moved here. Well, we got married on May 6th. We left for our honeymoon and we were planning to go to L.A. because her degree is in film production. And we thought, oh, that's where the opportunity lies. And on our honeymoon, both of us were praying a lot. And we finally talked. and We were like, I don't know if that's the call. So what are we going to do? Yeah. We just decided to stay here and discern. And about a month of just praying really heavily, building that personal relationship with God, all of a sudden this opportunity pops up, you know, um, I get a call about Utfidim, and I'm like, what is Utfidim, you know? And it gets explained to me, and they said, oh, there's a male and female coordinator for Dowling Catholic, and of course I'm like, well, that's crazy, because that's where my wife went to school, yeah. and I just start praying on it. I'm like, okay, I think I need to pursue this because I was feeling called a little bit towards ministry, but I just had no idea how to get into it. And sure enough, through the application process, I get an interview. I meet with Addie Krogert and uh, the school principal and sit and it just... Here it is. Here it is. You know, all of a sudden here I am and things are wonderful and I get to work with amazing people every single day. Was it your now wife that inspired you to become Catholic? So there were a few things that kind of led up to it. Um, I was raised Protestant, so I had a relationship with Jesus, and um, but there was really no strong foundation, and I really felt this desire for more, um, and I didn't really know where to find it. While I was in the Army, um, when I got deployed to Afghanistan, our platoon leader at the time was a guy named Lieutenant Smith, um, Charles Smith, and he was a devout Catholic man, like very just strong in his faith even in the face of like guys kind of messing with him for it it wasn't the cool thing to be there and there was just something about him i was like i kind of want to be like this guy when i grow up type of thing yeah and he what what, what made him devoutly catholic what did you observe so just his openness firstly his openness about his faith and how his faith was a key part in every aspect of his life whether Mm -hmm. it was the decisions he was making for his own family the decisions he was making for our platoon um, in the army, uh, the decisions he would just make about, you know, when it was time to hang out with the guys, army guys can get a little rough and rowdy and he would join to be a part of the community, but he would always have this reserve about him. Like he knew what was important and what things to take seriously and not just to constantly be foolish. Like That's so cool. many of us were. That's cool. Yeah. And so you looked at, that was your kind of first encounter with a Catholic and a and a, a devout Catholic, absolutely. Isn't that incredible how that encounter, that that witness right there, can just change someone's life like yours? Oh my gosh! And I mean, does he so, know that? He does. Does he? Uh, so after my confirmation, um, probably I think it was two months after my confirmation, 
I just got this desire to try and reach out. And I didn't have his phone number. I, I was kind of thinking, I was like, how am I going to talk to Lieutenant Smith again? He's down in like Alabama building a home for his family. And um, I remembered that we used WhatsApp to communicate while we were deployed in Afghanistan. So I re-downloaded WhatsApp and <laughs> thankfully was able to log in and like get it all figured out. And I scrolled and scrolled and saw a conversation between the two of us. And I was no. like, I'm going to WhatsApp this guy and yeah. let him know like, hey, you helped me become a Catholic. And what did he say? He was in tears. That's um, incredible. Yeah, it was. I think it really just struck him so hard to know that in that environment, you know, in an environment where you don't really think you're changing lives in that way, you know, you're just more trying to function. It's kind of a survival mindset when you're yeah. deployed. And, uh, I think he was just blown away and beyond thankful and so good to be able to reach out to him again and get even more of that wisdom that he shared in the beginning. Was your wife pretty devout then? So she, yeah, she's a born and raised Catholic. Um, and I think my conversion process, she's told me multiple times how it changed her own faith life just mm. because me choosing to step into the faith at 23 really I think opened her eyes to the fact that maybe there are things a lot of long time Catholics maybe just take for granted. You know, I call it faith fatigue. I right, think it's right. something it's very easy to experience. And, uh, but she was devout. That was, I think that was one of the key things that made me so fascinated right after our first date, because we tried to set it up and I was like, Oh, let's go out for dinner this Wednesday. And she's like, Oh, Wednesday is not a good yeah. day for dinner. And I was like, why? She's like, it's Ash Wednesday. <laughs> and I looked up at the sky. I was like, God, you are a funny guy. Like, this is kind of crazy. That's awesome, yeah. man. So uh, last, I, I've got like a minute left because sure. uh, I'm interested in your life so much. But uh, <laughs> what, what, what are your goals uh, with, the, with the men that you're working with there? What, do you, what, do you, what are your hopes? Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, the hope with Utfidim overall is to give the kids at Dowling just a really solid foundation yeah. in their faith life to carry with them as they step into the world outside of a Catholic high school, you know? We want these kids to be strong in their faith. I want to help put arrows in their quiver so they can defend their faith and understand why they believe what they believe. And then with mentors, you know, they're all volunteers. We train them up. And one of the biggest things I want to promote within them is just have confidence in yourself. You know, everyone usually has the capacity to share and help others grow in their faith. Yeah. Yeah, well, you're you're a great witness to that, man. Uh, I, I I'm I'm moved by your story and just by uh, by you in general and the work that you're doing and dedicating your life to to these young people over at Dowling Catholic. Ryland Jones, everyone, God bless you, man. Thank you so much. All right, listen to the Catholic Morning Show weekday mornings at seven on the Iowa Catholic Radio Network, iowacatholicradio.com, or the Iowa Catholic Radio app.